This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. With sales season and the holidays fast approaching, small business owners are heading into the busiest time of the year and juggling all those balls is getting harder than ever. So today we've invited along one of our favourite productivity experts, Donna McGeorge, to help you put a plan into place to prepare for the months ahead. Donna will share tons of practical advice on how you can put AI to work to assist you with your tasks, how to work your body clock so that you're the most productive, and how to make productivity part of your everyday. Donna, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you so much for having me. It is always a pleasure for me as well to come along. Ah, you're so charming then. Oh. <laughs> So let's get into it. I'm going to pick your brain on productivity, which is something we quite often talk about. Um, But I think particularly at the moment with uh, all the stress on business owners, they're looking for ways to be more productive that's, you know, not going to cost them an arm and a leg. And maybe it's more about streamlining processes or maybe it's AI stuff. I know that your recent book really unpacks all of the chat GPT and AI use for businesses. So maybe we can we can start with that. What about what's your your go-to AI things that you think that businesses should be engaging with at the moment? So um, not so much AI apps, but certainly chat GPT. There's so many things you could just do in there that could immediately uh, save you time, which ultimately saves you money. So, um, and I suppose the other part is save you mental energy as well, which means you can focus on other things. But probably the things that come straight to mind for me are any form of written comms, anything where you're trying to, you know, a a tricky email, um, a proposal for something, a a presentation, and rather than sit and agonise, you can get 80% of it done using something like ChatGPT, which just then you've just got to then tidy up the last bit. So I think the old adage, time is money, is the one that's at play here. The, The research is showing that humans who are using ChatGPT uh, for just everyday administrative tasks, mostly written comms, um, are saving up to 37% of their time. So right there, if you that's like, I don't know, that's, that's nearly an extra day. What would you do and what could you put your focus on if you had a whole extra day back, you know? Mm, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. And it's not going to cost them money either because they can get started with ChatGPT for free, and it's also getting not ChatGPT, but you know Microsoft and Google, and you know all the big companies are employing AI to some extent within their programs. So there is those versions, like ChatGPT style versions within within those programs, if if people already have those. Yeah, that's starting to roll out now. Um, where you know, it's not long before you're going to have a button in your email 
that says draft a response. So it'll do that work for you. And, and even apps like um, Canva, which a lot of people use to create potentially, you know, social media posts or whatever, they've already incorporated AI into their stuff to help you write write copy and, and write the words for it. It's, you know, it's going to get to the point, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, I'm old enough to remember being at school when we first got calculators and, <laughs> you know, all our grandparents thought, oh, they'll never be able to do mental arithmetic. And, and it's actually true. I'm, I'm not terribly good at mental arithmetic besides my times tables, but I don't, need to, I don't need to be. And so I think at some point we're going to see we don't need to be really good at some of this stuff. You know, if we can get ChatGPT to do it, it just frees up our brain for other stuff. Yeah, for sure. What about aside from the ChatGPT side of things, you know, what other processes should people be putting in place? So depending on, you know, the kind of business that you're working in or running, um, one of the first levers you can pull to create, and, and again, because I'm all about productivity, so create time, which of course creates money, um, is meetings. I think sometimes we suffer through and put up with substandard meetings that just chew up our time and aren't necessarily getting us the results we want. So if I was really looking for ways to streamline my business and get th- get people really focused and working on the more important stuff like sales or customer uh, query or whatever it might be, I'd be getting really smart and making a focus. I'd make it my last quarter focus uh, to really tighten up our meetings so that next year we're in even better shape. Mm. So what do you mean by tighten up the meetings? So dropping unnecessary meetings and having agendas or what? how can people tighten up their meetings? Yeah, sure. Um, so just about everyone I speak to when I say to them, how do you feel when a meeting gets cancelled? just about everyone just sighs with relief and a big grin goes over their face. So <laughs> the first thing to do is what would happen if you just did less of them? Um, and so have a, have a really good look. And, and the, the lens that you want to look at it through is imagine you were going, today's the last day before you go on vacation. Do you really need to be at those meetings? That's a really good filter to put them through because the last day before vacation is always your most productive day of the year. So what you do is you don't go to meetings, you focus on getting stuff done so you're not holding anyone else up and you get through a mountain of work. So I'm going to say if I was going on holidays, which of these meetings would I cancel so I could focus on what's important? So that's one of them. Just do less of them. Um, The second thing is make them shorter. So I'm a huge fan of the 25-minute meetings. Of course I am because I wrote a book about it. And uh, I I have found I've been doing 25-minute meetings for nearly the last 10 years um, maybe a bit longer now, and I still can uh, build great relationships, have a bit of fun, and get work done uh, by following twenty-five minute meetings. And so, so the first, so if I go, the first one is just do less of them. Second one is make them twenty-five minutes. The third one is from now on and for the rest of your life, every meeting invitation you send should have you should be able to finish this sentence in the meeting notes. By the end of this meeting, it would be great if, and pop in the purpose or outcomes of the meeting. Now, I think purpose trumps agenda. I don't think you need to know down to the every two minutes what you're going to be doing. But if you say the purpose of this meeting, you know, by the end of this meeting, it would be great if we have alignment, we've made a decision, we've got the budget approved, we've Mm. agreed next steps. That goes a whole way of making all your meetings a bit more effective. Yeah, for sure, because quite I think you're right. Quite often we go into meetings and there, the purpose of the meeting hasn't really been set. It's just like people want to have a chat about some stuff and really 
that stuff that could go into an email or, you know, you could drop by someone's desk and talk to them about it. Like you don't need to have all these meetings. And, and maybe what about limiting the number of people in the meeting as well? Do you, do you just make it the, the most crucial people? Well, yes, because, you know, I often think about the Ringelman effect, uh, which is the more people involved, I'm paraphrasing, the more people involved, the less effective things are whether it's meetings or decisions or, I mean, like you and I, one-to-one, let's agree where we're going to go out for dinner tonight. We could do that fairly easy. But if 20 people are coming, gee, that's much harder. And it's the same in meetings. If we've got a cast of thousands in a meeting and we're trying to get to a decision and everyone feels entitled to have their say, that's just going to take forever. So I think, you know, what's the purpose? By the end of this meeting, it would be great if, and then the, the grammar's not quite right on this, but what are the minimum or who are the minimum amount of right people that I need to make that outcome happen? Mm. Now, what about remote work? Um, it's becoming increasingly prevalent. So it, does that impact productivity for some people? Well, it depends. There's, you know, I think if you went and searched for research around this, you're going to find evidence for both sides that people are more productive at work and people are more productive remotely. Um, but I think it comes down to the type of work. So if it's I've got to do a whole bunch of focused work on my own, then home's going to be awesome and work or working remotely is going to be awesome. But if there's a whole bunch of work I need to get done and I'm relying on the smarts of others, then being in the office is going to be more productive. So I think the clever thing to do is to really think about what is the work I need to get done. And Despite how awesome online has become and Zoom and Teams and our, our comfort with remote meetings and all that sort of stuff has become very high, you still can't be being in a room, jumping up to a whiteboard and scribbling stuff together and that kind of energy that's created when we're wanting to be collaborative. Mm. And what about prioritising? Because business owners have so much on their plate at the moment. How can they prioritise what they need to do for the, for the business? obviously it's probably a case-by-case thing, but are there some certain things that people should always be putting on their agenda as must-dos? Well, I know for me, as a business owner, I'm always prioritising, you know, um, first of all, I, I put my breaks into my diary first because I know if I don't get my own mask on first, I'm no good for anyone. So that's one of the things I do prioritise. The second thing is I always do my prioritising the night before. So I have a look at what I've got on my list. I have a look at what I've got coming up. I then look at my day and see what meetings have I have, what podcasts am I recording, all those kinds of things. And I go, right, what are the most important things I can do given the time I have available? And so a lot of people kind of wait till the day starts and they've got this massive to-do list in front of them. And then they're trying to cram things in between the gaps. Whereas when you plan the night before, and you have a look at it, like it, it takes like five minutes the night before and it has a tremendous impact on how your day goes. So things you want to prioritise, again, it's very arbitrary according to the person, but, you know, um, I would be prioritising anything that's high impact, you know, it's going to get me a great return for my time investment and might need a little bit of intensity of my time. So certainly I'd be prioritising those kinds of things for a morning Um and then, you know, if I'm in a business where I'm making sales, then I'm probably going to prioritise making sure I'm getting the sales in, right? So, again, it's a, it's a bit arbitrary. Yeah. But um, you said uh, you'd prioritise those things for the morning. Does that kind of depend on, you know, how you work as a person? 
Yeah, so about 80% of us are what you'd call early birds or moderates. So we basically wake up sometime when the sun comes up and we go to bed, you know, a couple of hours after the sun goes down. There are a few rare birds, uh, night owls, who work a little bit differently. Um, so I'm very much a morning person and most of us are. So focusing, we're, we're, at, uh, we're at our most alert mentally in the morning. So anything that we need to get done that's, that, as I said, high impact and requires high levels of brain power intensity, prioritise that for the morning. Um, but those that aren't, like not everyone is that way, even though they might, you know, still go to bed and wake up the way I suggested, I, I encourage people to identify what are your best two hours of the day? When are you actually at your peak levels of alertness mentally and energetically? And so I'm pretty good between, say, 8 and 10. I'm, I can probably go up to about midday, actually. I'm pretty good. But I know people that really don't come good to about 11 o'clock. So, I, you know, so I'd be saying, so, so that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Just uh, recognise that that's your peak time and be cautious about who you give that up to and what you give it up to. Mm. I think the other interesting thing you mentioned earlier was um, you schedule in your breaks. I think so many small business owners really don't even take that time for themselves. So would you really be recommending that, that everyone perhaps takes that attitude, putting some me time aside? Absolutely. Now, I'm just going to see if I can find it quickly because I've got some stats around this. Australians are workaholics, right? And so, so many of us don't take breaks. If I can't find it in the next two seconds, I'm not going to worry about it. Just some stats I have. Um, oh, here we go. So in Australia, we work 3.2 billion hours a year in unpaid overtime. We have 134 million days of accrued annual leave and 3.8 million of us don't take lunch breaks. And uh, business owners are the worst at this. We, we prioritise our own needs last. And so this is the old adage, if you're not sharpening the saw, or if you're not getting your own mask on, you're going to end up burning out and be no good to anyone. So absolutely, I have my... Uh, lunch break, it's sacrosanct. I take an hour for lunch at 12 o'clock and I try to work around that time for, for um, other things. And I do try to knock off at a reasonable time as well because I do value, you know, I prioritise my rest and sleep. So I value having the downtime because I just know the great results I get from that. Mm. It's that burnout, it's just becoming so commonplace at the moment. I don't know whether it was the pandemic or whether it's always been there. So the sound of those stats seems like it was always there, lurking in the background, ready to pounce. Look, I think it has been. I think the pandemic has exacerbated it. And I'm, I wonder if it's we've gone from working from home and then trying to get back into the office and we're all trying to balance this, what we should be, what we should be doing and trying so hard to be all things to everyone. And, yeah, and now we're seeing it's almost at epidemic levels. Mm. What about delegating? Do you think part of the problem is so many business owners hang on to doing everything themselves? They sure do. And it's, um, it's, it's almost like I, 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 the language I use is not so much are you delegating, but it is are you working at the right level? And so if, if I'm too much, if I'm a business owner and I'm too much in the weeds and I'm too much in the doing and I'm making day-to-day you know, administrative decisions that I'm not working at the right level. And so for me to work at the right level, I should be being strategic. I should be doing customer relationship work, you know, product development, all that sort of stuff at the higher level and leave the decisions to the people that I've paid to make them. 
And so we, as business leaders and business owners, we need to create a bit of a vacuum, uh, a bit of a space so that other people then can level up. Um, and I, and I also say, you know, there's lots of good reasons why people don't, they'll say, um, it takes me longer to explain. It's quicker if I do it myself, I can confirm the quality, all of these awesome excuses, but I come back to, well, you're denying the people in your team, the opportunity to develop, to develop and learn. You're pretty much holding your people back when you're not, you know, letting some of that stuff go. Yeah. And then that means that um, you have a whole other issue, which is you tend to lose staff when that happens. People aren't given the responsibility that they feel they can handle. They start to look for opportunities elsewhere. They do. And what will happen is you've had you've had a really awesome employee for two years who knows your business back to front, but because they're stuck, they feel like they've hit some kind of ceiling. Yeah, they're going to go looking elsewhere. Mm. So prioritising. Um I think business owners really struggle with prioritising as well. So how can we organise what's a high impact task? Like how do we recognise this is going to have real bang for my buck and I should be focusing on this and passing the other stuff on to my staff or, you know, putting it down the line to, to focus on later? Well, there's a, there's a number of ways in which we can carve up what we consider our most important work. But so I'll just go in a, in a context where maybe I'm, I'm selling a particular product or service and I'm going to be saying that my, my, my job always as a business leader is to think, sell and sometimes deliver depending on the nature of the, the business. So if I'm not making my time to think and then sell, make sure that I'm out there making the opportunities available, then I'm probably not prioritising my time well. If I'm choosing to spend the day doing administrative tasks, and that's not a good use of my time as the business owner or business leader. Um, that what happens though is it's almost like some things are easy to do, and we think I'll just I'll just spend you know I'll go in for to my email for five minutes and just clear a few emails out, and before we know it, we've been in there for an hour and a half. So my advice is always to time block in your diary, um, you know on. This day for two hours, I'm going to focus on a very important thing and, and create the time and protect it, um, not be distracted and um, pulled away from that. So there's a bit of discipline involved in that. Um, but I can't tell any business owner what the most important thing for them is to do. Most of them know. Most of them can sit there and go, I know my most important thing. It's business development. It's client relationships. It's people and staff management. Um, and it's, I don't know, you know, making sure our financials are adding up, that we're running a profitable business. So that's pretty generic across most. And if you're not focused on those things, if you're down in the down in the weeds, then, then you're going to feel like you've never got time to do anything. You're going to feel overwhelmed, out of control, and maybe even over it, right? Because I'm like, you know, I'm starting to get tired of all of this. Mm, and that's not what we want at all. Not at all. Um, so we're heading into the super busy time of year for a lot of our business owners, their retailers or their, you know, hospo or, um, you know, holiday season is coming upon us. The big sales seasons are coming up. Should they be getting ready now? Absolutely. They, you might, I think you should be starting to form patterns of behavior like taking breaks, like stopping and, you know, just, I, I call it the stop, take stock and make a decision. So stop, breathe, think about what I've got going on and make the decision about what needs to happen. It's just a really simple thing you can do. When you're starting to feel overwhelmed, stop, take stock. What's the next thing I need to do? Make a decision around that. 
Um, you know, do, I, I, I wish I could give you more rocket science-y kinds of things, but, you know, are you drinking plenty of water and are you fueling your system effectively? Are you eating the right food, drinking water? So rest, fuel and movement are three key things that, you know, often people say to me, Donna, give me some hacks about how I can be more productive. And I say, well, tell me about your rest, your fuel and your movement. Are you looking after your body? Because they're the three biggest levers we can pull. So as we head into that busy period, I'd be saying, make sure you're eating right. Make sure you're taking the time to go for a walk and getting out in the fresh air and make sure you make uh, getting the right rest or sleep that you need as you head in because they're your biggest opportunities for being able to manage through stressful periods. Mm. And what about some of those AI tools, the chat GPT and stuff that we were talking about earlier? Is it time to kind of put them to work, you know, work out what your social posts are going to be, um, think about some ideas for promotions or whatever? Yeah. So, you know, the, that's the thing I love about ChatGPT is I can go into it and say, I'm a clothing retailer. Um, my market is this. The Christmas period is coming up. Give me 10 ideas for blog posts or marketing activities that I can do in the months of October and November to attract more customers. And you type literally those words in, you put in as much context of your, you maybe I'm located, it's, it's a boutique shop in a very swish location, whatever language you want to use around it, and then hit, you know, hit, hit go and watch it generate for you a two-month marketing plan. Probably it'll be about 80% right that you then just have to tweak. Um, it can write socials posts for you. It can write newsletters for you. So all the things that we often put off till the last minute because we think it's going to take a lot of time. An hour on ChatGPT today can give you three months worth of written comms. Mm. That's sure saving you a heck of a lot of time. <laughs> so what would be some warning signs that I might be struggling with my productivity and I need to really look at addressing it? Um, I think if you're feeling that overwhelmed, out of control, and you, you're really starting to worry that you might be at risk of failing at the important things, um, maybe you're tired, you're snappy, um, you're, maybe you are, your immune system's not real good, so you might get a cold and it's really hard to shake it. Um, you find yourself just not being able to think, you know, like I'll often see people, they'll, they'll literally put their hands on their head like they're holding onto it and saying, I just haven't got space to think, haven't got any space to breathe. If they're the kinds of things that are coming out of your mouth, then you're probably at an overwhelm point. Um, and my advice at that point is to just stop, take a big breath and write down everything that's on your mind, whether it's a to-do list or whether it's a thought, you know, maybe it's Nana's birthday this weekend, write down everything that's on your mind just to clear it out of your head. Um, one of the other great uh, productivity people in the world, a guy called David Allen, says that the human mind is for having ideas, not storing them. And so often those feelings of overwhelm are coming because we're trying to carry too much in our heads, particularly as business owners. We carry too much in our heads and then we forget things. We let go of things. We start being late. We let a customer down. They're all surefire signs that you're, you're probably a little out of control here. Mm. So get it all out of your head and onto paper and hopefully that will will help you um, think a bit clearer moving forward or at least <laughs> it's not stuck in your head anymore. Well, it's not stuck in your head so it clears your head and now it is out of your head, it potentially could be shared with others. 
So if we're carrying too much in our own head, decisions, thoughts, ideas, then we're denying others the opportunity to make decisions on our behalf because they don't have enough context. But if you get a whole bunch of stuff out of your head, then you take five minutes to brief a couple of your team on a couple of things that you need to get done. That can save you, you know, this is kind of the, the stuff that's your future self will thank you. That frees you up. And the, and the more often you do that, the more space you're creating for yourself in the future as your team begins to come come along for the ride and take on a little bit more responsibility. Hmm. Are there any kind of productivity myths, like things that people have, like you've come across and then you're like, oh, no, actually that does not work? <laughs> oh, totally. So the idea that we need to be 100% on 100% of the time, that if we just work harder, We'll, we'll get more. If we work longer hours, we'll get more done. It's a complete myth. In fact, the research shows that working to about 85% of your capacity, you're actually likely to achieve more by slowing down, taking breaks, giving yourself a gap. And uh, even things like Francesco Cirillo's Pomodoro method, which was, you know, working, t- like if I'm doing focused work, work in 25-minute bursts, take a five-minute break, do another 25 and a five-minute break. And his research has shown that when you work with that kind of pattern, you can actually, he had one example where people were achieved up to 600% more than people who were doing, I'll, I'll work nine to five, I'll, I'll take a quick smoko, I'll do a five-minute, you know, shove lunch down my mouth as fast as I can, and maybe get a cup of coffee in the afternoon. So working that pretty solid day, those who took a break every five minutes and then a half hour break after every four hours got through so much more work. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? So many things that we think are, are true, like that, you know, slog away and, you, and you'll be more productive. It's just not the case. That's, not, that's exactly right. So what's some final advice you'd want to give our listeners if they're hoping to be more productive in the next few months? So it is getting the foundations right. Look, look before you go trying to look for some kind of tech, even before you go looking for Charlie, who's ChatGPT, that's what I call um, ChatGPT. As I, even before you go... <laughs> you know, Not cocaine. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so if you're looking to, to really want to make a difference, it's rest, fuel and movement. Just make some good decisions about, and I'm not saying go live healthy. I'm not saying go to the gym every day. I'm not saying completely change your diet. Just really think about what, you know, having breakfast makes a big difference. Having a 20-minute walk in the morning clears a bit of brain fog. You know, making sure that you're trying to get between six and eight hours sleep a night. They're the kinds of things that just mean during a hectic, busy day, your brain is going to be in better condition to respond quickly and 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 just be able to operate at its best. Um versus and anyone who's listening is going to know that the flip side of that which is I feel tired I feel sluggish I have brain fog I can't make decisions I'm struggling I have decision fatigue all those kinds of things so rest feel and movement for me is really the key Mm. and that decision fatigue it it actually is real (laughs) oh totally yeah so you know anyone knows that anyone who's listening right now and gets asked the question what's for dinner at the end of the day and then their reaction to that, you know, like it's like I cannot give you an answer to that because I've been making hundreds of decisions all day. You lot figure out what we're having for dinner, you know. <laughs> and also maybe you've been making the dinner every night for so long you just would like someone else to make the dinner. 
Absolutely. May I introduce you to some of those meal delivery services? I reckon they're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Donna, thank you so much. Thanks again for joining us. Always great insights from you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Bye.